Hey guys, I am Caleb Giddings, and once again, Jack and Keith are not here. Jack has been arrested in Guatemala trying to smuggle mezcal from Oaxaca, Mexico, across the border in exchange for sheep, which I thought was a little weird. I don't know what he wants to do with the sheep, and Keith is still making love to his bullpups. Uh, that's what happens, guys, when I run these by myself and I do the intros. These are going to get more and more out of pocket the more of these solo episodes that I have to do myself and that's before fairly we in, inconsiderate given the hookup that you have for mezcal dude you, you know <laughs> so okay here's a funny story about that the uh, uh hang on let me do the bump first this episode <laughs> is brought to you by taurus usa and done and fuck this episode is brought to you by taurus usa and guns.com if you're interested in learning about reliable affordable firearms for personal protection hunting and home defense check out taurus usa and to purchase those same guns you can go to guns.com there we go so here is the funny thing about that story as i was thinking of the funny thing to say about jack um that was actually inspired by the guy who founded the brand that my wife works for. So uh, for people who don't know, my wife works for a mezcal company called Illegal Mezcal. And the reason it got that name is the owner of the brand uh, was smuggling mezcal across the border from Mexico into his bar in, I think it is Guatemala. It's one of those, it's that, yeah, because Guatemala shares a border. He was smuggling mezcal across the border to his bar that he ran down there and people and it didn't have a name. But after a while, people knew about it and they would come in and ask for his illegal mezcal. And so that became illegal, the mezcal brand that my wife works for. And it is quite delicious. Uh, if you I'm guys, a fan. Yeah, thank you. So now that we've talked for a little bit, uh, ladies and gentlemen, joining me this week is my friend Alex Sansone. Uh, better known online as the uh, suited shootist, which is a bit of a tongue twister. Yep. You know, for, for somebody with a marketing degree, you'd think I would have maybe put some more thought into it, but. Ma made it something slightly easier to say. Yeah, but the guy that dresses nice and owns guns is too much of a mouthful. So, <laughs> but let's talk about that. So tell the people what you're about. Like, what's your sure. vibe? What's your deal? So the tagline for the channel is the overlooked social aspects of the armed lifestyle because I've never done cool guy stuff. I've never carried a gun professionally. I was a gun guy before I got into men's style, but as I, short version, started working at a gun shop. Once I quit working at the gun shop, I went into the corporate world and the preferred loadout is not really conducive to a corporate dress code. So I had to start figuring out how to rectify these two things. Okay. So, and that in, and that has progressed now into a YouTube channel, into like all of this other stuff where mm -hmm. you have, uh, I mean, if I was going to say you have become really second only to Craig Douglas on the list of people that the, serious firearms training self-defense community will ask about fashion so that's quite the accomplishment well i appreciate that i will say that i think uh jeff gonzalez and mike green warrant placement ahead of me as oh, well okay that's fair yeah <laughs> but i mean like when i think of you know firearms industry and men's fashion which is uh, not a thing that a lot of people ever really think about the first name is craig douglas and then 100%. when i was searching for an outfit to wear to a party hosted by Craig Douglas, you were the person I texted. I was like, I need help. I dress like a 40-year-old gun industry employee because that's what I am. Yeah. 
So talk about like, you know, when you talk about like the, the, the social side of it, right. So mm-hmm. you're not saying, you're not out here saying that everybody needs to wear, you know, suits and jackets all the time. Are you? No, not, not even a little bit. This is definitely my shtick. And so, you know, I, I try and like, if I'm on a podcast or anything, I try and wear this so that I've got a little bit of, I guess, brand awareness for as obnoxious and arrogant as that sounds. But um, yeah, it's dressing well is not dressing up. And really, it's a matter of just a little bit of care and a little bit of authenticity is is all that it really takes. Because, and I this was something that I mentioned when I was uh, with the guys over at Big Techs, is... I think the gun industry at large would benefit from a whole lot more sort of self-actualized people. And the reality of it is, is that once you have a better sense of who you are as a person, it's easier to dress yourself. And it's also just easier to kind of operate within the space because you're not trying to prove anything to anybody. Mm -hmm. It's like, yep, this is who I am. This is what I can do. And it's either relevant or it's not cool, you know, whatever. Um, So, yeah. So would you say that in the firearm space, especially, you know, you're mostly active in the uh, in like the the serious self-defense side, people who train and stuff like that. Would you say that there's a bit of costuming that goes on with the way people dress, especially when they go to, you know, training, uh, training events and stuff like that? And I will uh, be the first person and I will be the first person to say that if you accuse me of costuming for the range, I will 100 percent agree with you. The clothes that I wear to go to training events are not do not reflect my day-to-day uh what i wear on a day in and day out basis because i am dressing for that environment i'm dressing knowing that i'm going to be in the hot sun for eight nine hours and all of these other things so i well actually let me that, that brings me to sort of a side is there a difference between costuming and dressing for the environment because i don't think i'm costuming but you could accuse me of that because i wear combat shirts and you know other things so you're in kind of a unique position because you have these different facets of your life that overlap. And so I would be willing to venture that some of the austere hot weather climates that you're dressing for stateside, you're just wearing the same or similar clothing that you would on a deployment because you already have that in your closet. So yeah, or in the case of uh, what I've done is I've gone out and bought like more civilian appropriate versions of it. So like mm-hmm. instead of wearing a, you know, multi-cam combat shirt uh, to the, to a match, I'm wearing a gray one. Sure. And that's, you know, it's, and that's kind of the, the tricky part, but you know, if you've got an accountant or an IT guy that's showing up to a carbine course with a plate carrier, a helmet and night vision, Unless the course is geared around the integration of those things into the utility of the carbine, for me, that's costuming. It's a little bit of costuming. Uh, no, and I do want to yeah. caveat this. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with costuming. No. If your hobby is buying plate carriers and ballistic helmets and night vision and going to carbine classes and stacking up with, you know, dentists and accountants and shit for the weekend. Fantastic. God bless you. I, 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 I I worry sometimes that these conversations stray a little bit too far into making fun of these people. That's really not what we're doing, but I want people to be more self-aware. You know, I want people to be aware of the thing that they're doing. 
And I think where people get hung up and interestingly enough, that's actually going to be um, the focus of the video that I'm launching this Friday is that regardless of the piece of gear, folks, especially folks for whom they are not carrying a gun as part of the job, they seem to get so hung up on the on-paper performance of everything, the gun, the light, what have you. They're so fixated on the on-paper performance of everything that it starts to surpass the point of diminishing returns for practical application and stray very much into their, at that point, playing a tabletop role-playing game. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Like, what are the stats of my exactly. Tactical yeah. Blaster 9000 when you might be so so you're 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 saying that they might be better served by dressing in a manner that makes them more inconspicuous or uh you know taking a jujitsu class or something like that a hundred percent because um so the guy uh john over at filster did a great interview with craig douglas uh on before the beep talking about all of the contributing factors before the civilian defender gets the go signal to initiate violence and start accessing tools part of that is how well your tools are actually concealed mm -hmm. and then mike green in his lecture portion of the his covert carry class which is a phenomenal class i highly recommend that people seek it out uh talks about again the tells the actual integration of tools into the wardrobe and there are circumstances where having an arguably less optimal tool carried and concealed more deeply where it's not as accessible is a more appropriate solution because the consequences and fallout of actually getting discovered are so much dramatically higher that it offsets the utility and practicality of let's just say the sub-second draw because that's very much in vogue as a topic of conversation these days um, right and it's it's one of those i i find myself very torn because i don't want to dog on or denigrate the the performance-based shooters um i've got i'm casually associated with a couple of instructors and i'm good friends with a couple of others uh kirk and john johnston are two of what i consider my closest friends and you know the the test and standard class that cdr teaches i mean john basically says this is stupid human tricks with a pistol mm -hmm. so it is exclusively performance-based shooting um but i think that some people just latch on to that piece of it because it is so easily measured that it is very easily improved upon at the expense of other pieces of the equation which brings us back to how somebody dresses now like i said right. i don't expect well, hang on, somebody i want to yeah. i want to pause you there real quick sure. two things so one uh i have I, I maintain and I continue to maintain that unless you are going to make shooting your hobby, uh, pursuing shooting skills that exceed the level that you could achieve as like an IDPA sharpshooter or a USPSA C-class shooter, you are chasing diminishing returns because that mm -hmm. level of shooting skill is more than sufficient to solve 99.9% .9 of armed civilian violent encounters that you'll have with a handgun. Um, and that's backed the, up by some of the data that John Hearn has in some, yeah, of his, in some of his lecture studies. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I think the other thing that, 
that I wanted to mention is, you know, when you talk about, um, uh, I don't want to phrase this. When you talk about the consequences of being discovered, and you, I mm-hmm. want to have you tell your whole story, but I'll link to the video talking about sure. it. You've got that's a real thing to you. That's not like an imaginary, like oh, the potential consequences of being discovered. That's actually a real thing that happened to you. So yeah. it makes sense that that would be a more immediate thing that you want to, you know, talk about. Mm-hmm. And that's. Uh... That's one of the things that like really gives me a case of the red ass are the people that just are so hand wavy and dismissive about it. It's like, oh, we'll just get another job. You know, at least you're not dead. Right. Printing doesn't matter. It is the first two, not the printing doesn't matter, but like the, the, the first two are factually correct statements that lose sight of the actual point. Um, And that's, you know, that's the challenge is that this whole space is awash with, platitudes and dismissive statements from people who don't have the experience to actually provide you know a cogent response and everything that they're talking about is theory and supposition now i talk about things that are based on theory and supposition because i've never had to draw a firearm i've never been hit in the face in anger so any of the stuff that i'm talking about is purely from my training experiences aside from getting fired for violating a company weapons policy but you know i think the fact that i'm a regular civilian that's never been in a gunfight carries some merit given the fact that for my entire adult life i have lived in new orleans louisiana and houston texas there's no violent crime in those cities. I, I no, heard that no, they're quite peaceful. Quite, quite peaceful. <laughs> well, no, and I think, but and here's the thing, and this is why I think that in the self-defense community, especially having perspectives from different types of people is really important because it's very easy for someone like me. Like this is my full-time job, right? Like I talk about guns, I shoot guns, I carry a gun. So it is easy for me and easy for other people like me to fall into a trap of thinking, well, why doesn't the accountant do the things that I do? Of course, it's easy to carry a full-size, you know, uh, Taurus G3 with a light and a dot on it because the consequences for me, if my, if I get you know, I work from home. There are right. no consequences for me if I get discovered carrying a gun. If I'm carrying, like right now, I'm carrying in an OWB holster. I can throw a vest over this if I need to run out to the store or run out to, you know, go get gas or something like that. And there's no super negative social consequences for that. But then it would be ludicrous if I tried to apply that same logic to someone else like someone or so even drawing from what i know about your own personal experience when you were in insurance sales could you have gotten away with the same shit oh heavens no no absolutely not uh there's no god that was so long ago i've come that was like an entire that was like a whole entire version of me ago that was like caleb 1.0 um but no, you know, the uh, the I, I did carry a gun in violation of many policies, and I carried a Beretta Jetfire in my front pocket because it looked like a phone or a wallet or something like that. And, and no it was one James ever, Bond's first gun. It uh, Technically, his was in 1925, but yeah, it's still a 25 ACP uh, Beretta, which is just a fantastic little gun that I don't ever recommend, like, having to try to shoot somebody with for uh, – just 25 is no bueno, guys. Get a 32. Well, I mean, think, think about it this way. like a brick through a plate gra- glass window. 
If Claude Werner, who is the king of mouse gun calibers and shit tier guns, yeah. says don't carry a 25 auto, that's, that's a clue. That is, in fact, your clue to not carry a 25 auto. So, uh, Alex, you know, talk to the people a little bit. Like, you know, you are the style guy. So, mm-hmm. if you are a guy who carries a gun concealed, what are some like just generic style tips that will you know because look like i i have some shoot me first vests i wear them from time to time but the uh, uh the appendix carry which is popular right now the appendix carry version of the shoot me first vest is the ill-fitting untucked t-shirt where Precisely. it so yeah. talk talk to these guys give them a little bit of help so they can get away from the poor fitting untucked t-shirts that don't you know that also when it says like six hour on it i know you have a gun yeah, but it's a Glock, so it's going to surprise them. <laughs> right, fair. If you're no serious though, if you're wearing a nine line t shirt that's got like the American flag on it or a grunt style shirt or something like that, and it's untucked and it's kind of baggier in the front than it is in the back, you have a gun. I know you have a gun. People like me know you have a gun. And more importantly, the people that you don't want to know know you have a gun. And I mean, like the high level people, you know, Susie soccer mom doesn't give a shit that you have a gun. And so I'm going to I'm going to give you a for instance, that is while it is a hypothetical, it is a hypothetical based on several shared anecdotes. Let's say that I am some ne'er do well who has had an official interaction with law enforcement. And now I'm cuffed up waiting to get processed. I'm sitting there on a bench. Basically, all I have to do at that point is look at people. I'm mm-hmm. looking at shoes. I'm looking at. Be- I mean, and when you're sitting, everybody basically from the rib cage down is right at eye level. So they're noticing shoes. They're noticing belts. They're noticing you know tags on pants, things like that. Um, again, Mike Green in his class has a very salient anecdote about him and and and, and one of his uh, his, his associates getting mistaken for cops because they were wearing heavy duty leather gun belts. And so, you know, people that have been, that have had, a, you know, numerous official interactions with law enforcement hmm. recognize this stuff because, you know, it's that human survival thing. It's like, if you have repeated engagements with something, like if it looks like this, it threatens your safety you're going to remember that, you know, that's, that's why you have, you know, it's, 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 it's evolutionary, you know, that's why you've got like these insects with bright colors or, you know, butterflies whose patterns right. have a big set of eyes or something. It's like, it's, if, if you end up being the prey, you rec you, and you have to recognize what your predator looks like. So, okay. yeah. But so the, the number one thing, and I've, I've said this more than once, if I could just get everybody shopping at Five Eleven to switch over and shop at Duluth Trading Company, I'd be happy. Hey, because hold on. I'm I'm wearing Five Eleven jeans right now, and they're fantastic. Honestly, they so they are not bad. They're for whatever reason, and it is an absolute pedantic little fashionista nitpick. Here we go. There's something about like that that deep gold color that they use on the stitching just doesn't do it for me. Fair enough. I, it's, like, uh, it's, it's like it's like a mustard yellow. It's 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 mm, 
Hmm. I, I guess it's, just, so. it's a little too much. I have, I can tell you that in 40 years on planet earth, I have never once thought about the color of the stitching in my jeans until this moment. So <laughs> that is, but no, I think that's good advice. If you're shopping at five eleven, mm-hmm. switch over to, to Duluth. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially if, you know, especially if you're more on the tactical side of the 511 products, right? Like yes. a, a mm-hmm. lot of the stuff that they're making today, you know, thanks to their affiliate, and this isn't sponsored or anything, but thanks to their affiliation with the CrossFit games, they're making some really good active wear that doesn't look like I have a gun. And you know? I mean, credit where credit's due, their discreet clothing has gotten a whole lot more actually discreet than it was mm-hmm. in the past. So they are receptive to that. But, you know, one of the reasons why I dress the way I do you know, when I'm sort of serving as the suited shootist is I want to show people what's possible. If I can conceal a Glock 19 in tailored dress clothing, it's that much easier to do it in more casual wear. So, um, but yeah, like Duluth is a good one. Some, there are some performance brands out there that are geared more towards like the, the road warrior business professional, um, that are doing a lot of things that, we want now it's not going to be like abrasion resistant but it's going to be a lot more technical fabrics stretch moisture wicking you know stuff like that the under armor golf pants guys if you are listening to this and you want like pants that make you look like a grown-up but you can run sprint squat wear to matches do whatever the under armor golf pants are fire i have like four pairs in different colors yeah um, those are those are a great option and they're they're super lightweight. So um, and the other part of it is fit is important because mm-hmm. uh, number one, it will create a more flattering silhouette on you as a person. And as well, if your clothing is too baggy, you've got all this excess fabric that can actually hang up on the shelves created by, you know, back plates and grips and, and stuff like that. The other thing that people, and, and and this is something that I kind of wind up getting myself in trouble with, is if all you ever train in is stretchy clothing, unless you only wear stretchy clothing, you need to understand how, like, woven fabrics actually behave. Uh, mm-hmm. The last time I took Cecil Birch's Immediate Action Combative Seminar, I I wore dress shirts through that entire two and a half days. And interestingly enough, it didn't have any real negative impact on my mobility. Now, you know, after drilling default cover for 15 minutes, I had a couple of shoulder seams give out. Um, So, I mean, I, you know, I ripped it and I looked like Bruce Banner transforming into the Hulk. That's Uh, awesome. But there, there, it didn't prevent me from doing anything. So it's now I have had it get in the way of my draw before. Mm, Everything's not fitting correctly and, and all that jazz so you, it's it's you got to be aware of it well uh alex thank you so much i know you've got another call you've got to run off to so i want to say thank you for coming on uh, i appreciate the time uh and if people want to like get more of your content where should they go yes. to find that so it is the suited shootist on facebook instagram youtube and um Jack has bullied me into doing a TikTok as well. So I'm Fantastic. arguably, I'm arguably I, I need to get more consistent about the content on that particular one. But, uh, and then I do have, <laughs> I do have a, a Patreon as well, where, you know, we've got a, a discord server. I do some live streams. Jack's been a guest on those. 
as well as a few other folks. Um, and uh, you can actually get some one-on-one -on -one style consultation, stuff like that. So it is, uh, you know, we, I, I try and add some more personal touches and some more value to it from there. So that is kind of the the best way to find me. I love what you guys are doing with with the with the Gunday Brunch series. So uh, appreciate you having me on. And yeah, uh, man, look absolutely. To, look, looking forward to our paths crossing here again in the not too distant future. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah, dude.